One, two, three, four, five. Do we have everyone? This is what I did at convention. Um, <clears throat> we started at the beginning of July. Um, uh, we gathered uh, 13 young people and three adults and flew to Kansas City. And then four other um, youth joined us. And we had four different churches represented in the group that we were together with at MCUSA convention, or what we call MenoCon. Um, it was a great week. There were many um, moments where I was very glad that we did not deal with what some of the other groups were doing, including on the bus ride to DC to get our flight. I got a call from another youth pastor and he said, where are you? And I was like, we're halfway to DC. Do you think you're behind us because our bus just broke down? And so we picked up Harrisonburg Mennonite on the way to the airport and we're very snug in the bus, but we all made our flights. So what you're going to hear this morning are some reflections from uh, the young people first of their experience at MenoCon uh, this year. But as we turn to this time, I invite you to read the scripture in unison with me. So join me in this scripture reading. Ah, it's up there, just not up there. Excellent. Let's read together. So, if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything that has passed away, see everything has become new. Good morning. My name is Liliana, and I went along with the MYF to MenoCon. One experience that I enjoyed from MenoCon was the worship services. The singing and the music was loud and energetic and would most often have you put your arms in the air or clap your hands to the beat. The sermons were definitely longer than the ones here, but when the speaker put stories or visual elements within the sermon, I felt that I could understand them better. For example, Iris de Leon Hartshorn told the story of her daughter and how she overcame challenges in her life, including homelessness and addiction. After hearing that story, I felt hope that healing can happen. Another highlight from the trip was making new friends from different youth groups and hanging out with them, whether it was sitting together in seminars or enjoying the rides around the amusement park. It was encouraging to see the broader Mennonite community come together like this, and I look forward to more experiences like this. I'm Calvin, and I'm gonna be talking about the seminars. So I wasn't expecting to get a whole lot out of the seminars when I heard what they were. I was expecting to kind of go and just sit there and uh, zone out. But I actually got a lot more than I expected out of them, and they were actually one of my favorite parts. And they really helped um, me understand who God can be more. And the one I really enjoyed was the one about science and faith. Um, and it was about how most people think that when we understand science more, we understand God less because we explain one more phenomenon. But I realized that instead of just saying, oh, well, science explains it so it can't be God, instead God created it, and since we understand it, it's even more interesting. Hi, my name is Eleanor, and I'm gonna talk a bit more about the sermons and the worship services. Something I found super meaningful about going to Mennonite convention was the whole group gatherings, both with the worship and the singing and the keynote speakers. 
The general theme was being transformed, but most of the speakers focused more on the ways we are transformed and less on what we're being transformed into. Something I noticed was how the opening speaker opened with a message about how Anabaptists are called to be transformed through community and the ways we find Christ and the differences in our life experiences. The following morning on that Tuesday, the speaker had a message about how God cares more about your intentions in worshiping him and less about the way you're going about it, while he shared experiences with deconstruction and reconstruction of his faith values, something I found super meaningful to hear as someone who was growing into their relationship with Christ. Another message I found very important was the emphasis on how human love is often treated as transactional, but God's love isn't transactional. And if God is not expecting anything in return for his love for us, then we should do the same for others and love without expecting anything in return. Love is not something we possess. Love is something that we participate in. Overall, I found the experience very beneficial to my faith development, and I feel like I've learned more about the ways Jesus works through us and our transformation together in community. Thanks very much. MenoCon was structured differently this year. Uh, all convention activities, uh, intergenerational worship that you heard about, and workshops, concerts, special events, etc., took place in the first three and a half days. And then that ended, and delegate sessions began, which went for another one and a half days. Uh, also, the climate summit uh, happened simultaneously at the end, and our youth participated in that for an additional day. Parkview had four delegates, uh, Pastor Paula, Vi Dutcher, Carissa Gredler, and Phil Helmuth. I was also there as a delegate, but this time I was sent by Virginia Conference as one of the conference delegates. And some others attended just because they wanted to. The delegate session was not hugely controversial, mostly some organizational tweaking, but one proposal was to move the delegate sessions to a three-year cycle instead of every two years. And that needed a two-thirds vote, or 67%. And it fell just short, getting 65.6% of the vote. And I think to most attendees, this really wasn't an upsetting result. It just meant the church wanted to gather more often and build deeper relationships. And we just needed to figure out now how to do that in a way that's sustainable financially for a smaller denomination. Soon we'll, we, we will hear some personal reflections from three PVMCers who were there, including delegates Paula and Vi. And some of you know Tomomi Naka, a regular PVMC remote attender from Japan. Uh, who made the trip to Kansas City for this convention. And when you get a chance, do please read her full reflections that are printed in the bulletin just below the order of worship. And this morning, I'll read just a few short excerpts. But before these reflections, let's all read in unison a scripture passage from Isaiah 43, 19 to 21, about being transformed, the basis for convention. So, together. I am about to do a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The wild animals will honor me, the jackals and the ostriches. For I give water in the wilderness, 
rivers in the desert, to give drink to my chosen people, the people whom I formed for myself, so that they might declare my praise. Now, here are some thoughts from Tomomi in her words. The conference held many memorable memories and moments and stories. Needless to say, meeting some of you in person for the first time was special for me. Prior to the conference, I had only a vague idea about what it would be like. I imagine it might be something like a big family gathering or Mennonite relief sale that most people would know each other. Coming from non-Mennonite background, I find it fascinating to see how, many, how people try to place other people in their relational webs but also sense that it could be a bit difficult for some. The actual conference to me, however, was more open and friendly. It took some effort to start conversations with someone sitting beside me, but they were usually happy to talk with me. Personally, I tend to seek concrete and quick suggestions to try. I was somewhat disappointed by the open-endedness. However, I started to realize that the point may be more to have conversations together than to provide answers. There are many other moments that I remember, but will take a while for me to process them. I was grateful to see different aspects of Mennonite communities at work. And now, Paula and Vi. As has already been said, the theme for the week was be transformed and uh, explored in worship seminars, both on the individual level and communal level. And so the delegate worship, Bible studies were led by Sarah Bixler, helping us to learn how Jesus transformed space in order for transformation to happen. And that the work of transformation is not always smooth sailing there can be some painful moments as reflection happens, both at an individual level and as a community. Another motion during the delegate session that um, did pass with overwhelming support, and it was uh, for Everence and Mennonite Health Services, services organizations to move to a different status in relationship with MCUSA. They moved from an agency to an entity. Now you may say, what does that mean? And there was a lot of teasing that out as to what that meant. Basically, it just provides a less um, uh, layered organizational relationship with each other. They still will be in communication and very much in relationship with each other, but in essence, it frees MCUSA to focus on uh, other areas they're more equipped to focus on, and it frees those um, uh, organizations uh, to really serve a wide range of folks that they're already serving and, and can use their energy to be um, more focused in, in, in what they do. Uh, Phil mentioned the other motion. Um, one note, I will say that uh, as a result of us meeting on a biannual base, basis, uh, our next gathering will be 2025. And that will be the year of celebrating the Anabaptist 500 
um, that you've been hearing about. So I've already heard some uh, murmurings from denominational folks and, and others that are kind of excited about this prospect of being able to celebrate together in 2025. So you can keep that in your calendar and note and see more information later. Otherwise, there were stories highlighting mission and vision of Mennonite Mission Network, Mennonite Education Agency, and then also Everence and Mennonite Health Services. A highlight for me was to hear about a Peace and Justice Grant recipient. MCUSA has a grant that they offer, I believe, annually. And one of the recipients were from Quenonia Indian Mennonite Church, where Susan Hart Sacred um, shared how the grant money was going to work, begin working at reparations for them as they are uh, trying to, to seek peace in their history with the um, Mennonite mission schools that were a part of our history. They have pictures in which um, children are lined up, the teachers are there, but they only have record of the names of the teachers and none of the students. And so their work is to put names to those faces that are represented in those pictures to begin some of this reparation and healing work. It was indeed a privilege to be present there, and it brought me personally much encouragement in the life of the broader MCUSA family of faith. So thank you for sending me. I thank you for sending me to MCUSA as your delegate, both firsts for me. I was eager to learn about this role and to interact in the larger church community in the midst of five days for seminars, worship experiences, visiting the many booths representing arms of our larger church, and joyful reunions with people remembered but not often seen, two experiences stand out. A shout out to Mariah for inviting those of us Parkview attendees to join our youth for a KC barbecue meal one evening. We were 1,000 miles from home where we attend church together each Sunday, going to our classes according to our age, yet here we felt a bond with each other. We were with our tribe from Harrisonburg, Virginia. Almost immediately, Thomas Fairfield engaged me in conversation, and I was delighted with his questions and line of reasoning. The next day, the delegate session uh, began with a packed hall with over 60 tables, each holding approximately six persons representing their local churches. Before us were three resolutions. At table 60, my co-delegates and I agreed that these were non-controversial decisions to bring to a vote, and we settled into getting to know each other. And then the controversy began. Specifically, debate about holding the convention every three years instead of two years was steeped in the way we've always done it, versus pragmatic logistical issues facing us now. The impending decision brought out our deepest values about the broader church, our young people, our future as a thriving U.S. Mennonite community. At table 60, we sat up straight and shared with each other our thoughts, ideas, and desires. 
Periodically, we'd turn our attention to the front as others shared their concerns at the mic, and our youth were particularly articulate. And then finally, we voted. As individuals and yet as one body, the resolution failed narrowly. Nevertheless, although divided in vote, unity prevailed in the room. So Virginia Mennonite Conference delegates actually gather every year, twice a year. Uh, a winter one-day assembly happens usually on a Saturday, and then the major assembly is in the summer and takes place over several days. And this year, it was held in our space here, and we were glad for the privilege of hosting it, and I think we helped to make everyone feel welcome. Some of you came here to the Friday public worship session, and I trust you were inspired by that. It's great singing and uh, good testimonies and stories. And that service can still be viewed on our website, by the way. The delegate session happened on Friday and Saturday in our fellowship hall. And as we shared earlier, three resolutions were considered, all of which needed a 75% majority to pass. The outcome of those resolutions, to be frank, was what I believe all our delegates were hoping for. I won't go into the details of the content of those resolutions. Those details were sent in earlier emails and they are still available on the conference website. The first resolution, which was coming from the conference leaders, passed with a high margin, well over 85%, I believe. The second resolution, a more aspirational resolution on church unity uh, passed with a comfortable margin uh, above 75%. The third resolution brought by a group of concerned churches and pastors which had deeper implications for how we allow for differences among us failed to pass and received exactly a 50% vote, uh, far short of the 75% required but that means, of course, that we still have important work to do if we are to remain unified in mission as a conference. We had seven delegates uh, from Parkview. Three of us pastors were delegates, plus four more, Joe Longacre, Rosemary King, Shirley Yoder Brubaker, and Fred Niss. And now, before we hear from our two newest delegates, Fred and Shirley, let's read, again in unison, a scripture passage that I think speaks to the reality of who we are as a very human body, trying to be the body of Christ in the world, from 2 Corinthians 4, 7 to 10. Together? But we have this treasure in clay jars, so that it may be made clear that this extraordinary power belongs to God and does not come from us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying around in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be made visible in our bodies. Fred and Shirley. 
I experienced the Virginia Conference Summer Assembly meetings with a mixture of dismay and hope. I was dismayed by the words and actions of some of our conference pastors and leaders, especially by what seemed to be intentional movement toward division within the conference. As someone who has studied Mennonite conflict professionally and who led a congregation through a similar conflict in the Illinois Conference nearly 30 years ago, I was especially dismayed by our seeming inability to learn from history. We continue to be tempted toward erecting standards of purity that produce division rather than communion. But I also saw signs of hope in the willingness of people at discussion tables and at the microphone to express their views clearly and directly while maintaining civility. I saw hope in the way conference planners ensured a diverse representation of worship styles, theological perspectives, and cultural identities in our worship, as well as in the reports and reflections. It was hopeful that our final communion service was officiated by pastors from all sides of the contentious issues that threatened to divide us. As a form of spiritual discipline, I chose to receive communion from one of the pastors whose words and actions had most dismayed me. As he offered me the bread, I was reminded that the body of Christ includes all of us, even those with whom I deeply disagree. If we can continue to give and receive across the lines that divide us, perhaps there is hope for our continued thriving as a conference. I enjoyed the delegate sessions. Uh, for the last number of years, I sort of bowed out of attending too many of these kinds of events because as a former moderator, I, you know, it's sort of like being a former pastor. You kind of disappear a little bit in, into uh, the woodwork. But uh, it was a joy to be back and I, um, you know, it, the relationships were well established. But I was, came away just quite alarmed at the division, at the, um, the difficulty of worshiping together. And that is admittedly something I just cannot grasp, how I can't worship with others and be a part of a group um, who, who believes something differently than I do about some particular passage of scripture. So, uh, even though that one resolution did not pass, it still had 50% of the vote. And I think that's what Pastor Phil meant about there is still work to do. Um, I would have liked that, passage, that count to be a lot lower. So um, one of the things that that group of per delegates who would support that kind of resolution which for many of us just took us to our past with a bishop board, et cetera. Uh, anyway, the group would like to remain as members of Virginia Mennonite Conference, but not members of MCUSA. And several conferences are working on that kind of arrangement. But to be honest, I don't know in the long run how that's going to work. I think it will continue to put a lot of tension into Virginia Mennonite Conference when many of us remain and want to remain part of MCUSA 
and those who don't are still weighing in on Virginia conference decisions. So um, I hope it works smoothly. That would be my, my desire, but my fear is that it, it may be difficult. But there were um, two highlights for me. One, of course, was to acknowledge that uh, we have a young man from the congregation who is member, a member of the temporary leadership team. I think maybe they call themselves an interim conference leadership team. Uh, Caleb Schrockhurst, and just to admire uh, someone that young to be part of the leadership. That's great. But a moment that became a teary moment for me was the installation of Andrew Fairfield as the incoming moderator. I suppose former pastors always see children in the congregation as their sons and daughters. And to, to see Andrew step into what may be a very difficult two years of his life, uh, I'm sure he's the youngest moderator that maybe has ever been part of Virginia Mennonite Conference. But to do that, and uh, willingly and with some firmness, he has uh, a posture of sorts that uh, sort of says, I can be in charge, who says that, uh, you know, I have the skills to do this. And so uh, it was with some tears that I watched Andrew assume that leadership position for us. And I hope and pray that it will not be uh, a difficult two time years for him. Thank you, Shirley and Fred. Uh, this next hymn uh, was sung several times in Kansas City during the delegate session, and it was introduced as a theme song for our work together there in Kansas City. And I think that, that the message of this song is appropriate as we think about the future of the church, both MCUSA and Virginia Conference. So turn to Voices Together 768, Come What May, Passe Lo Que Passe Ven. This is not a song of resignation, but a song of trust. Come what may, we will serve you, we will trust in your love that enfolds us, come what may. <laughs> 